Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. There's many different layers to this bloke. He's not the stereotype. He's a thinker, a doer, a really good example of a good example. And boy, could he play football. But who is Billy Moore? He was a raw, young country kid from Wollongarra that had three older brothers. He drew from them the desire to become the best he could become. They were the ones I looked at who were better than me but never utilised what they had. I had a mother who was the main driving force of my mentor, played netball for Queensland. She saw in the last of her sons something and the opportunity to, to live his dream. I was very clear from a very young age, and I do not joke, when I saw Origin as a nine-year-old on the land room floor at Wollongarra, that's what I wanted to be. I said to my mum and dad, I want to play Origin. When I was 15, I was lucky enough, or well, forget the word luck, I don't, don't believe in luck, I had the opportunity to go to a camp in Armidale as a 15-year-old. A footy camp. Footy camp, yep. where they had 700 of the best 15, 16, 17-year-old Australian New Zealand schoolboys wow. and representative ages, which yep. was in Queensland. I hadn't played district footy at that stage. So I had the chance to, to, um, to go to this camp. And this, I call it my Armadale moment. Yeah. The first of the most three pivotal moments of my life. At the Armadale camp, I got to see perfection. I got to see what Billy Moore had to become yep. if he was going to become what he wanted to be. I wanted to be a professional rugby league player mm. that played for Queensland. Mm. And I was so much behind these other guys, but this is the kicker. I wasn't afraid. Yep. I wasn't embarrassed. I wasn't disappointed. I was excited because I got to quantify success. I got to see how much better I had to become. So I got a training program given out generically to every kid that day that left the camp from Wayne Bennett. He was the head of the camp. He didn't know who I was. I went back to Wollongarra as a 15-year-old, trained every day, virtually. Didn't make the 15-year-old side. 16, trained every day. Didn't make the 16-year-old board side. 17, went away, trained every day. Went to representing football. Within 10 weeks, I went from nothing to the Australian final. Sydney Football Stadium, 
34 kids played that day. 33 were contracted, except me. I got me in the match. Come off the field, wow. and I was offered contracts at that moment. But the key moment that happened in all that was the Armadale moment where I, I, as a raw kid, I knew what I wanted to be, and I chased that desire. And there was no real strings attached except for the, des- the desire to be the best I can become. And my mum played a key role in that journey. Wow. But I look back at, at the Armadale moment as the first pivotal moment of Billy Moore's life. The where were you born story. We've done it probably 30 times, I guess, at functions over the years, but it is a beauty. I reckon we need to start with it. So, Bill, you're actually born in New South Wales, is that right? Yes, anybody that's travelled the New England Highway, which runs from the Hunter Valley through to Mm. Toowoomba, that highway crosses through a little town on the New South Wales Queensland border called Wollongarra. It was a border gate town where you just have to stop Open your boot up to show you weren't you weren't taking um, plants yeah. uh, and other things across the border, and that was where Wollongarra was known because you had to actually stop at the town. It, it's a town of four hundred people. Three hundred live on the Queensland side of the border, and that's called Wollongarra. The other hundred live in our twin town, which is separated by the train tracks, because New South Wales and Queensland have different sized train tracks. Yeah, and that side is called Jennings. There was the Jennings Hotel that served two is new. There was the Wollongarra Hotel. That served Forex. <laughs> Never the twain should meet. The only time we'd really mix was New Year's Eve because of the time, because of the uh, daylight saving. Yeah. You get two cracks at New Year's Eve. There you go, yeah. So if you didn't do any good the first time, Jennings, <laughs> you'd walk across to Wollongarra and hopefully got lucky. But yeah, so I grew up in this little town. There's no hospital in mm. Wollongarra. It's too small. So the nearest base hospital is in Tenerville, New South Wales, where I played the vast majority of my junior football yeah. career. And I couldn't be prouder to say I was a Tenerfield Tiger. And I owe so much to the people of Tenerfield. Johnny Munro, Frank Cook and all those. I love what I did. But I, I owe so much to that group. But I was born in Tenerfield. My mum said I was born in Tenerfield. I know I was conceived in Queensland, born in Tenerfield, but she rushed me back across the border for the auction had time to infect my lungs. <laughs> I love it. I've heard it too many times. I still love <laughs> it. Um, you mentioned your junior journey. New South Wales under 17s, mm. Queensland schoolboys in the one year. So you actually have worn a blue jersey. Yeah, I did. I did because Tannerfield fell into that yeah. area. And so I, I, I played there for, uh, as a junior all the way through mm. um, from under eights onwards. Never played rep football. And then bang, it happened as a 7 mm. or 17. So yeah, I, I played in the New South Wales under 17s. I think Gordon Tellis might have done a similar thing. There's, there's been a few, yeah. few Queens that just the way, that, the way it fell for them. Yep. But it's funny, because you lived in Wallangarra, my house, which is still in the family, is 50 metres of the Queensland side of the border. There is was, that all it was? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you could – the intensity around origin time, and obviously when I was nine it started, and that's yeah. when you're impressionable years when you're, yeah. when, when you're around that. So I remember going home from training, watch Queensland win the 80 game, then the 81 game. Then 82 we won that first series. Yep. Um, it was so palatable. And, yeah. and, and little brother was rising to beat big brother. Yeah. That's the way I always saw it. So, yeah, where I was born, everyone goes, oh, you, you play for New South Wales. But actually, you've made it more intense. Yeah, I bet. For me. Yeah. To, to the, the, and I said, so I love the Tenerfield public and what they did mm. and, and the Tenerfield Tigers. But you ask anybody that I played with, anyone from that era, there was this lunatic who'd catch, who mum would drive me in from Wollongarra for every training session. 18 Ks would drive into enemy territory. And I, I was a Tenerfield Tiger, but I was a Queenslander first. You would become known as a player, amongst other things, 
that played with an enormous heart, accepted every challenge and backed down from no one. Was that you as a junior footballer? Yeah, it was. Were you just the goer? Yeah, I was. I was the goer. And, and when you go away, so the side I played with, I played in Wollongarra, but then the meatworks shut down. And when it shut down, the, the meatworks in Wollongarra had 600 people work at it. The town's population then was about seven, 800 people. So you imagine what it did to the town, devastated it. Yeah. So the Wollongarra Bulls was the first footy club I played with. I played the under fives, under sixes and, wow. and sevens. And then it shut, so that's when I went to Tenerfield. Yep. So my whole junior career playing in Tenerfield and then that surrounding area, we, we played in the Armadale and around the Inverell yep. area, was always play with passion, play with determination, um, never the fastest, but always prided myself on, on you know being the fittest or the last man standing. Yep. And that was the basic model that then grew. And when I went through that 15, 16, 17 year of getting fitter, bigger, fitter, stronger, faster, yep. Uh, that's underpinned the whole theory, yep. and and that's how it, it just evolved and grew from that. You mentioned uh, playing in that junior game, and you were the only non-contracted player in the thirty-four that played from that game, where you got man of the match. The New South Wales Rugby League clubs, as they were then, took immediate notice: Broncos, Panthers, Bears, I think Parramatta, one other, Parramatta. Mm. Straight away, yeah. Wow. Basically, um, I, was, I was, you know, within twenty four hours, the offers were there. That's uh, astonishing. Why did I go to the Bears? When you think about those four, what was the pitch? Well, why the Bears? Yeah, Mum, and was it? Yeah, she was my manager. Yeah, and this is the reason why. She said, "You're going to the Bears." I was a Parramatta fan as a kid. Were you really? I was offered from the Broncos. Yeah, and Penrith. And I was offered from the Bears. And I said to Mum a couple of years later, Mum, over a coffee, why, why did we go to the Bears? She goes, why did you ask? Why do you want to know? I said, Mum, think about Broncos, Penrith, Parramatta. Yeah. Now, the, the, there were three powerful clubs, had won comps in the, At in the, the pre- time. In the previous yeah. two decades, they, they'd won a large percentage of the, yeah. of, of the competitions. Why did we go to Norse? She goes, son, she's very pragmatic. She's a school teacher. She goes, I sent you to Norse because I didn't know how good you were. I said, what do you mean? She goes, you hadn't played any rep football. How good were you? She said, plus you could have got hurt. I needed you to go in a system where you'd be nurtured. He goes, Norse had one of you. Penrith, Parramatta and Brisbane are the three biggest junior rugby league bases in the world. Yep. They had 30 Billy Moors. Hey, legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of the team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go, from scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more. The opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week. And we can cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. Packages start from as little as $150. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. So how do you know 
I, I needed to know that you were going to be shown a pathway, that you're going to be since loved. You had to went to those three clubs, you could have got lost in the system. It just happened when I got into the North Sydney system, it happened fast and we bang. I, I, I ignited yeah. the path. The, the, the growth line of Billy Moore extrapolating it out just kept on that same steep path. But she was smart. She goes, I didn't know how, didn't know how good you were. She goes, and also knew, also knew North Sydney weren't that good. <laughs> so you'd be given a chance. What great words from mum. Mm. Uh, I mean, well, that's a mother's love, isn't it? I want you to be guided, mentor, mentored and nurtured. Mm. Well, the thing with that, tied into business, it's, pra- it's been pragmatic too. You, and, and it's based around this thing, one of the great rocks of society that Billy Morbley's in, yeah. my mum was the same, honesty. Mm. If you can't be honest with yourself – Yep. If if she knew my strengths and weaknesses, and I had weaknesses, yep. she wasn't you know, had no stars in the eyes. Because mm. I, I remember my first when I first went to Sydney, I said I was a professional athlete. She goes, son, you're on fifteen hundred dollars. I said, well, do I have to go to university still? She goes, you're going to uni. So she, she sent me to university. She knew yeah. to keep me grounded, but she had to hedge her bets because she didn't know that her son was going to be able to make it. Yeah, because twelve months prior. Twelve months prior, I was playing, you know, in the under sixteens for Tenerfield, and that's wow. far, far really gone. So I ended up going to Norse, and ultimately, it was the best thing I could have ever done. And that's why I owe the Bears so much, and we'll, we'll continually try and put back into the Bears. An important part of this interview, not so much about footy, more so about the bloke, because in the thirty-two years that we've known each other. I've found you to be the energetic one, the positive one, um, mentally strong, resilient. Where did that come from? Is that mum, dad? Is it the is it the brothers? Is it parenting, mentoring? Is it the older guys at the Bears that did mm. the right thing by you, or is it a natural personal trait? I think collectively everything you just said would yeah. be true. But I think underpinning it is the natural, yep, natural state of, of me. Yep. One thing I, I look back on myself, and I'm so thankful. I had the ability to pull back, and enjoy the moment. Yep. To understand where I was, and collectively to put myself in the whole picture. Yeah. And that kept me grounded and level, and and going. That, you know, that's why going to university was great. Yeah. I played Origin while I was at university. I remember I was in camp for a week. I came back from that camp. My first game, I scored the only try of the match. Yeah. I came back to university, Sydney University, science degree. They're all nerds. They, 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 they were straight science, physics, chemistry. These were the people, right? I've come back to class and I'm thinking, how good is this going to be? B-Moore's going to be the best. <laughs> Sydney University, oh, I'm going to carve this joint up. <laughs> Honestly, the majority of the people that were in the class going, where have you been? I said, what do you mean? She says, where have you been? We thought you quit. I said, I played Origin. I, played, I scored a try. They didn't care. Their hero was not Wally Lewis, it was to me. Yeah. Their hero was the Nobel Peace Prize winner of the physics. <laughs> so, so what that did is it, it put you in a really interesting position. So my first four years yeah. in Sydney where I went from nothing to first grade before I was 18 to play Origin as I was 21 grounded me because the people yeah. around me, they didn't care about football. Yep. So that, that way I framed up that, hey, let's put it in perspective. You're playing a sport. Yeah. And you might be good good at that sport, yeah. but that's all this. These people over there, over here, we're worried about something different. So that was the balance. So what you mentioned about my traits, yep. One of my sayings I found found probably in the last twenty years: the tragedy of death is not things coming to an end; 
The tragedy is what you let die inside of you while you're still alive. So my passion is to squeeze the lemon. My hero in rugby league, and I had a few of them, was Wayne Pearce. Yeah. Because I reckon Wayne Pearce squeezed the lemon. Squeezed the lemon, didn't he? Left nothing. Yep. And I look at that. I admire that more than the most talented player. Yep. That actually can do things effortlessly. Don't even think about it. But for someone who can squeeze the lemon and get mm. something out of it, that's what I admire. And as a football and as a person, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And to be able to have a diverse life where you're not just one chapter in yeah. the book, to have the whole book. Yeah, that, that, that's what I've always aspired to do. To be more than just one thing. Hey, who were the older players at the Bears when you first arrived that? We're an example. Greg Florimo was the best bear I played with. Yep. Tony Ray, yeah. one of the best captains I ever had. They were there when I got there. And then we bought three wonderful senior players, which when you, I played the Bears 10 seasons full, at first grade the whole time. Yep. Like my 11th. But when I first year, I got there I had 21s, reserves, first grade, then dropped back and won the reserve grade grand final. Yep. The next 10 was all straight first grade. Yep. In that era, the two players – Four mentioned, but then we bought three players: Peter Jackson, yep. Mario Fennick, and Pat Jarvis. They shaped me, shaped that team. Because yeah. you got to think that ten years I talk about. I think we played in seven or eight semi-final series. Yeah. We played in four preliminary finals. Mm. Unfortunately, we lost them all. I think two were in extra time. I know everyone takes the Mickey out of the Bears, but we were a strong club. Absolutely, we were good, not great. Had we made one grand yep. final, one of those four. Finals. If we had taken one of those into a grand final, I, I believe we would have won had mm. we got there. But that's what we needed, I suppose, for the ultimate recognition. But those five players had a very big influence on me for, for different reasons. North Sydney, over the journey, so close, so far, so close to a big statement, but not quite. No doubt some wonderful times there. Equally, some frustrations at getting... Mm. So close. Very much so. I look back, as I said, those four preliminary finals. I very rarely use this word, but I'm a big believer in the word learns. Yep. Not failures. They're learns. And and the whole point of of life is to learn. And whether it's the outcome you wanted or not, Mm. you take from that outcome something. So I've been taking a lot from those four preliminary finals. And they're probably the – in my look back at my life, there's very few things that haunt me, but that probably does. Does it really? It does. And yeah. You know, you, you can never change it. Mm. And I, I know the ramifications of those four preliminary finals. Had we won one of those comps, yep. maybe the Bears wouldn't have spent 23 years in hibernation mm. and fighting our way back. So that was that true disappointment. Yep. And, I, and there are learns there. Yeah. And I, I try to find as many learns out of those things as I can. And I arrived on this conclusion, the biggest mistake the Bears made. This is the key one. And yeah. It's taken decades of therapy and thinking about it. <laughs> we stopped improving. The side that wins the comp, okay. you look back on it, the side that wins the comp, in my humble opinion, is the side that gets better at the back end of the season. Yeah. Because rugby league is so professional, it's so pragmatic, it's so hard. What works in July or August doesn't work in September or the first week of October, yep. because defences work it out. Yeah. The hardest thing to defend against is something you've never seen. Yeah. And you think about the great sides, even if you've got the greatest players, they evolve their game mm. and they constantly f- adapt and, and, and yep. 
and improve. You've got to yeah. keep improving. You've got to keep getting better. I reckon the Bears in July were the best side twice out of those four times. And I reckon, unfortunately, when it got to late August, early, early September, we, we, we plateaued and we and didn't keep didn't going improve. up. Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers in a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat, just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. Recall some games in a moment, but you're a one club man. Yep. Does that mean something special to you? Are you proud of that? Yeah, it is. I bet. It, it is. Well, for those on your podcast, some may remember, but I was actually offered a big deal from Manly. Yeah. And the reason being, my first origin said I was just turned 21. Yep. Graham Lowe, the Manly coach, was the Queensland coach. And I had two games with him. And at the end of those two games, I played some of the best football of my life. Yeah. And Graham I took me aside before game one and he just said, be yourself. You're not restricted. Just go out there and play. He goes, you're fit. He goes, find the ball where you want to find it yep. and be the best player you can be. What? I said, how good's that? Yeah. And I had never played better football. So at the end of that, Graham Lowe offered me a massive deal to change clubs to Manly. Four and a bit times while I was on at Norse. Four and a bit? Four and a bit times. Wow. It was three and a half times the size of my dad's yearly wage, and I just turned 21. And we were, we were a humble family. We wouldn't say we we're poor, but you know we, we, we didn't have that much money. Yep. So all of a sudden, I'm getting four times my dad's wage nearly. Yeah. I met with Graham, and he said, mate, I love what you did. I want you to do the same thing at Manly. And I said, oh, mate, I love being under you. It was great. I said, oh, I, want, I want this. I think, I think this would be great for me. Yeah. I just got to check with my mum. So we never had a family, a phone in the house. So mum would go and ring me up once a week. She walked across the post office box at, at, at a while and go. Wow. She'd ring me, right? Anyway, she rang me and I, and, uh, I was bubbly. She said, how's, how's everything going? I said, good, good. I said, mum, I just want to let you know I've been offered this deal from Manly. And it's a monster deal, you know. It probably would have put me in the top 10 players wage-wise at that point in time in the game. And I, I said it was, you know, four times, blah, 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 all these sort of things, justifying. Yeah. She said, good. I said, oh, good. He goes, good, you're not taking it. I said, what? She goes, you are not going. I said, mum, can I say how much this is? Yeah. She goes, I know how much it is. I said, you are not going to be disloyal. You will not leave. You will go to Norse and tell them what's happened and you will stay. And I went, Okay. No worries. So I met with Graham Lowe and I said, mate, I can't come. He goes, why? I said, mum won't let me. This is true. So as a 21-year-old, I didn't go to Manly. I wanted to go there because to, to learn from Graham Lowe. Yeah. Mum said, you're not going. And so I went and told the Bears, told them this is what had happened. And um, they said, fine. So they upgraded my deal. Not not to the same level. They did upgrade. Yeah, yeah, to the same level. Um, Bears... 
Imagine that happening today. Any regrets? No. No? No. I know I've had a went to Manly would have played probably more tests and I probably won some comps. Yeah. But no, I, I couldn't I couldn't now I, – I, I couldn't rescind it anyway because my mum said I wasn't going to go. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't disappointed because that was my journey. And, 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 you know, I love the Bears. And I said I, I owe them everything mm. and that's why I always put in as much as I can for them. But, yeah, that's a little story that very few people would know. Often barroom chat focuses on who was the best – who were the best halves, who, who was the best fullback, our dream team podcast that we do, et cetera, et cetera. Best back row, certainly most underrated back row, and you played a lot of footy together. Yourself, Gary Larson and David Fairley, almost synonymous mm. with each other, your careers intertwined. What a back row, what a friendship that was. Yeah, I, I was only with uh, Dave Fairley, Daisy, yeah. last week. Uh, I, I speak or see Gary two or three times a year. We went to each other's 50th. Yeah. We're close. Yeah. We're very close. So I played 211 first grade at the Bears mm. and I sat beside those two, I reckon, probably about 200, 200 occasions we sat side by side. We go into battle together. It was one of those things we, we never talked much. We, we become almost become one, perfectly balanced. And think about I played down the left side. Yep. Dave, Dave played down the right, but we never actually planned it that way. It was just a natural fit for us. I was left-handed. I wanted to go down the left side. He wanted to go right, and Gary would float in between, and 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 he would do his bit in, in mopping, cleaning things up. Yeah. But then the defensive pattern was different back then. Rather than playing on the left-hand side defensively, I would play both sides. I'd, I'd swing from one side to the other. So when the ball got across and, and it become a short side, I'd, I'd run behind the defensive line to go to the open side because that's where the five eight would be in the two centres because we'd play on one, attack down one side that's right. more so, so than than the you know, the split formations of today. Yep. So I would spend most time running from one side of the field to the other in behind the boys. Um, and look, when, when Dave Dave was on his best and he, he won best player, I think in was it ninety four got the Rothmans medal, I think it was. Mm. Uh, well, I'll note the Daly M. But anyway, because there's Daly M's and Rothmans back then. Yeah. He won one and JT won one a couple of years later. Yep. Dave Philly, at his best, was the best player in the world mm. when he was on song. Gary was nearly the best player every game. Yep. He, had, he was never off song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but two wonderful blokes. Great humans. Yeah, they are. Great friends. But, yeah, when you think about the consistency, you'd probably toss the back row up into most conversations. Absolutely. I've been like they'd, they'd be in and around a conversation to, to be around about the best. Quite a few hit-ups for the likes of McGregor and Hill and Wishart, etc. I think that they've got to establish something in the middle of the ruck and then try and attack on the fringe of the ruck through the likes of Menzies and Pippa. Billy Moore is obviously very, very pumped up. Gary Belcher, you've been to the Queensland dressing room. Yeah, Fatty just reiterated what we've been saying. The Queensland defence has been excellent. The short kicking game superb. He actually wants their, their players around the, the middle of the ruck, their forwards, to mix up their ball playing a little bit. I think they've been very good in that area. Bill, you're probably sick of talking about it, but what's the, the backstory to the tunnel at the SFS? Because in many ways, this is a moment that defined you, in the fans' eyes mm, anyway. Mm, mm. Yeah, well, <laughs> that four seconds... <laughs> when you think about it, I played 250-odd games, uh, representative and, and, and NRL, and you're known for four seconds off the field. Yeah. It's pretty unique. And the thing is, Andy, it's bigger now than when I said it. It's it's the biggest brand in Queensland. Yeah. It's Colossus. Yeah. And what's happened is the Queensland public have adopted it. That's their rallying cry. Yeah. The tribe of Queensland, that's what they want to say. New South Wales, game one of origin this year, 
they got close. They, I could hear them chanting New South Wales. Mm. But this is the big difference there, is they stopped saying it after Queensland scored two tries. At Suncorp Stadium or Lang Park, as we used to call it, yeah. that's when they say it the most. Mm. They scream Queenslander. So it had been around for nearly a decade before you saw the public showing coming down the tunnel. Yep. Uh, it started in a game where Wally Lewis runs diagonally off the field. I think it was 89, scored a try. Yeah. And in that game, Bobby Linda and Alan Langer both broke their legs. Yes, they Martin do. Bella yeah. got knocked out. Mm. And um, Mel broke his cheekbone. Yep. So half time we had no subs. 13 cannot beat 17, especially in origin. Dick Tosser Turner got together with Fatty Vorton and Gary Belcher and said, right, we need something special, boys. You're going to get tired. We're going to have to find something deep down inside our, our spirits. Yep. It's going to be Queenslander is the call. And that's what you're going to scream as a rallying cry to find that 1% extra, to get up off the ground, to make the tackle when you know you can't, to get back and hit, have that hit up when you know there's no petrol in the tank. That's what Queenslander was used for. And it was passed down generation to generation, year after year from there. I got it in 92 through the words of the late, great Peter Jackson, one of my heroes. Yeah. I remember him for the first two camps of origin in 92. 14 days with Jacko was more than enough. Yeah. But... Wonderful guy. More, yep. You wouldn't find a more passionate Queenslander. Mm. And he took me aside. And we were sitting in the room just chatting. We have all this extra time. That's when the bond makes a link. Yep. He said to, to me, he goes, Queenslander. He goes, you know what Queenslander means to me? And I said, what? It's, this will never die in Billy Moore. And I'll tell us every chance I have it. Three wonderful things that you can have as an individual, as a family, as a business, as a team. Three things. That's what Queenslander means. Help you, mate. Find a solution and no excuses. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legend series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The weekly wodge drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market – Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches, both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. It's fast-paced, full of footy and laughs. It's a must-listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business, as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends.